You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. It's Crystal Iram here with another episode of the Rise and Love podcast. And I have got a short and sweet episode for you today, but it's going to be a really good one, a really good one. And I know it's going to be a really good one because the example that I'm going to share and the point that I want to make with it, I think is just really going to land and make so much sense in terms of what you're thinking and how it's creating results in your love life. So, you know, what do we want to talk about today? We're going to talk about, first of all, why a lot of the dating advice that's out there, I would say the majority of it, I don't know, 90%, 95%, why it's just not going to help you create the love that you want. And it's really interesting because I was single. I went through it. I looked for all sorts of information, trying to understand what was happening in my love life. And what I find is that a lot of the content out there, it's helpful in that it can help you get a quick win where immediately you can see something shift and it's like, oh, this was good. This was helpful. This is actually working. So what am I talking about? You know what I'm talking about. It's the stuff that you see on Instagram. It's the stuff you see on YouTube. And I mean, the YouTube world of love advice, that is a deep, deep bunny trail that you can go down. But it's that advice that is, I don't want to say shallow because I guess it's shallow. It's surface. It's giving you, here's what to do. Okay, here's what to do. Here's what to say in this situation. Oh, the guy you like isn't calling. Here's what you need to do. Oh, you want him to text you back faster. Here's what you should say. Oh, you're not attracting the kind of men that you want. Here's how you should dress. It's the information, the advice that's telling you what to do, how to act, what to dress, how to look. And I'm not saying that this kind of information doesn't have a place. I believe it does have a place. I think the problem comes when we use this as the sort of be-all and end-all, when that's the only information that you're getting, when that's the only advice that you're taking in. Now, obviously, you're listening to this podcast, so you're getting more than that. You're digging deeper. You're getting a deeper understanding. You are trying to understand not just the practical, here's what I should do and how I should dress and how I should look, but also the energetic and the emotional and increasing your emotional intelligence and expanding your energy and all of that. So you're beyond that already, which is awesome, but you're probably still seeing that. And the problem is, well, there's a couple of problems, but the main thing, the the crux of it is that it's not going to serve you in the long run. It's only getting you part of the way there because it is too shallow and it's not getting at what it really takes to create a relationship. Advice about what to say and what to do, those are like tricks. They're tactics. And some of them are manipulative. Some of them are not manipulative. Some of them are just straightforward. 
ways of tapping into the male psyche or communicating more clearly. And they're not manipulative. It's just straightforward. Here's a way to communicate more clearly. Here's a way so that a man can understand you. And that's all fine and good, right? Like that's psychology. It's worth understanding some of that. The problem is, is that it doesn't take it far enough. And instead of developing the skills and the thought processes so that you can actually create the relationship that you want, you've just created a bit of a crutch for yourself. Where it's like, instead of now having a clear and deep understanding of what it takes to create a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship and communicate with someone so that you can reach that point and understand someone so that you can reach that point and understand yourself so that you can reach that point, you are going to just need more and more tactics and strategies. And so it gets us stuck. It gets us stuck because you're like, okay, I was able to rely on that to get me to this point. That was able to get me another date right? Like I didn't think that he was going to call. And then I followed these rules that were laid out and then he called and then we had another date. But now what? How do I get to the next point? And it creates this dynamic where it's like you always need that. You need to know what the next step is. Every single thing has to be laid out really clearly. And it creates a couple of problems. One is that at a certain point, it's going to be inauthentic. You yourself are not getting clear on how to say things differently so that you can communicate more clearly. You're following a script. You're saying the particular words or the particular phrases that someone else told you were going to trigger something in him. So it's not allowing for more open and genuine communication. There's something inauthentic about it. And it's not just like, oh, you're being inauthentic and so therefore you're wrong. It's that you're not going to be as magnetic when you are being inauthentic authenticity and confidence, being clear on who you are, being certain in who you are, is probably one of the most attractive magnetic ways to be. It's it's the most. You know, a woman who is very clear in herself, clear in who she is, what she stands for, what she represents, what she desires, who she is, that pulls people in. And if you are, instead of being your highest, best, most authentic self, If instead of that, you're relying on a script, a set of words, a formula for speaking to someone, that's not going to come through. So that's the first problem is that it's inauthentic. It doesn't allow your true self to come through. And he cannot fall in love with you if he cannot feel you. If someone cannot feel who you truly are, they can't fall in love with you. So they could like the idea of you. They could think that you're super sexy or beautiful or fun or all of these things, but you're not going to be able to reach the level of inspiring someone to commitment. You're not going to be able to create the relationship you truly desire. The other problem is that it creates insecurity within you. If you find yourself relying on something outside of you to guide you in your relationship, it's very hard to move out of that. So it's like, all right, I had a clear understanding of what to do to go from a first date to a second date to a third date. Now I need to figure out exactly how to go from that third date to the fourth date to the fifth date. Now I've gotten to the sixth, seventh date. How do I move into commitment? And it's like every step of the way, you're going to want a script. You're going to want to know what exactly do I need to say. And it creates this insecurity as if you cannot trust yourself. It makes it so you can't trust yourself. And when you are making one of the most important decisions of your life, who you're going to spend your life with, you need to understand deeply how to trust yourself and you need to be able to trust yourself. And this is one of the things that I really work with my clients on. It seems like underrated or it's not such a big deal, but being able to trust yourself is incredibly important. 
another way of saying this, being able to tap into your intuition. Being able to tap into your intuition is going to be so important and so powerful if you want to make a massive transformation. And the reason is because there is no set formula for connecting with another person, for creating a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. So although I have distilled everything I've learned, everything applied to my own life and everything I have supported my clients through into a formula as much as possible, there are elements that are going to come down to your own intuition. And if you are not able to trust yourself, you are not going to be able to tap into your own intuition. You're not going to feel when you're getting those intuitive nudges. You're not going to know what it is. You're not going to trust it. You're not going to listen to it. And you're going to miss out on people and experiences that could really enrich your life. Now, you know, I don't believe that you're going to miss out on your person. I don't think you're going to mess it up ultimately, but you could certainly miss out on amazing people. You could certainly miss out on experiences that you would like to have, and you can definitely slow down the process. So I'm going to give you two examples because there were I'm sure there were actually many occasions, but in my journey to love that you've likely heard me speak about if you've listened to this podcast before, there were two big, big things that my intuition told me. And if I had not learned how to trust myself because I had been relying on tactics and strategies and tricks, I could not have aligned with my husband when I did. So the first one is that I was living in Los Angeles and I was very happy living there. I was happy. I had a great life. I had everything for me there. I had everything going for me there. And I got an intuitive nudge to move from LA to New York. Now, I can't say like, oh, I didn't know anyone. I was picking up my life and I would have no friends. It's not true. Two of my very close friends lived in Brooklyn at the time. And I had a handful of other friends you know, other than like my, my my closest friends, but two of my very closest friends in the world did live there. And I had a handful of other friends there as well. However, I was quite happy in LA. It had not been a part of my five-year plan to move to New York, but I got the intuitive nudge and I got it the first time. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, but it was very strong, this intuition. And I trusted my intuition. I knew what my intuition sounded like, and I could trust myself. And so even though it wasn't like a deep desire that I had, I was getting a strong intuition and I was able to follow it. And that would not have been possible if I hadn't already learned how to trust myself. Now, the second one is crazier, I think. I mean, for some people moving across the country by yourself without everything lined up, that's crazy. But this to me in retrospect is much crazier because I had a set of rules as we all do, right? We all have a set of rules that we operate by and we have rules for how we think people should act, how we think we should act, how we need to show up in dating, how people need to show up for us. We have a lot of rules and some of our rules, they really serve us and they keep us safe and they keep us happy and they keep us with good people in our lives and people who aren't good to us out of our lives, right? So some of our rules really serve us and some of our rules are just totally arbitrary and we've never really looked at them or thought about them. And it's like, actually, why is this a rule of mine? And the thing is, is like when we have a rule, our world often starts to be reflected through our rule. And the reason that we usually have this rule is because something about the way that we see the world tells us that we need to have this rule. It's okay to have rules. I'm not saying get rid of all your rules, but it's very interesting if you have never examined your rules, if you haven't thought about 
the things that are sort of running your life, the way that you're living your life, the choices that you're making, the things that you're staying committed to, and whether or not they serve you. So I'm dating and I have all sorts of rules. And when I connected with my husband, we had made plans for drinks. That was that was our plan. That fit within my rules. Getting drinks with a guy, no problem. However, as we're chatting, he mentions that he does not live in New York. Now, this went outside of my rules. I was not dating people that did not live in New York. Now, in fairness, I had not put on my manifesto that he needed to live in the same city as I did. Because, in truth, I was open to it. But I was serious about finding my person. And I could not wrap my head around how I was going to make a long distance work as quickly as I wanted. You know, I wanted a relationship that would unfold really easily and really effortlessly. And I didn't want to be, you know, star-crossed lovers and have a bunch of added drama. So anyway, we're chatting. He says, you know, something about when I go back home. Oh, you don't live here? What in the world? I didn't realize that. And so I canceled my date with him. Okay, so I canceled my date with him. And that would have been the end of it. But he was still reaching out to me and we were still chatting a bit. When he said, you know, I actually would really love to meet you. My rule would have been like, no, you can't see him. It doesn't make any sense. But for some reason, I had this intuition that told me you need to meet this guy. So what I said to him was, I can't meet you for drinks. Because that was what our original plan was. We were supposed to meet for drinks at, you know, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock or something on Thursday, Thursday night. I said, I can't meet you for drinks because that went against my rules. But I could meet you for breakfast. I had like a 7 o'clock meeting in the city and I told him I could meet him afterwards at 8. And he was game. And so we met for drinks. And the rest is history, as they say. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know the rest of the story. If I did not trust myself, I wouldn't have met him. It would have been like, no, it doesn't make sense. My rule is that you're not going to meet up with someone who just wants to hook up. And that was my thought. That was my initial thought when he wanted to meet for drinks, but he didn't live in the city. He just wants to hook up. And so I was not trying to meet up with guys who just wanted to hook up. That went against my rules. However, my intuition was telling me that I needed to meet him. And so because I was able to trust myself, I met him and now we are happily married and we have a beautiful daughter and life is good. I trusted myself. I was able to trust myself. And here's the thing that's really tricky about trusting yourself. If you have made bad choices in the past, if you've made bad decisions in the past, there's going to be a part of you that is reluctant to trust yourself because it's like, well, every other guy I've chosen has been a total dick, so I shouldn't trust myself. So it's really a skill learning how to follow your intuition, how to hear it really clearly, and how to trust yourself. It's something you have to practice. It's something you have to practice and you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for the times where you did trust yourself and you were wrong or the times that you trusted yourself and it wasn't the right thing. For the times where you chose wrong, where you made a wrong choice, a choice that you're not happy about, something that you regret, something you feel bad about, you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself and you have to be willing to say, 
I have made choices in the past that were not the right thing for me, that I am not happy about, that I'm not proud of, and I'm willing to release all of that. I do not need to continue judging myself. I do not need to hold a grudge against me. Yes, I did those things in the past that were not quite right, but going forward, I can choose something differently, and I am willing to see things differently. I'm willing to trust myself again. I am willing to deepen the relationship with myself, with my own intuition. I'm willing to understand myself at a deeper level, to love myself despite any mistakes that I've made and to do something different going forward. So (laughs) those are the, the first few points, the problems with, you know, relying on these things. So this inauthenticity, this insecurity it creates within yourself and this place where you really start to doubt yourself because you have to have this trust and this intuition. So I like digressed a little bit. Let me get back on track. The reason that all of this even came about is because I was really thinking about how important it is to think differently, about the importance of your thinking and your feelings and your energy rather than your actions. And I'm going to tell you what made me think of this, the reason this came about. And it was really funny and interesting. So I'm watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I went back several seasons and I used to watch The Real Housewives, you know, right when it started years ago. And then I stopped watching and I, whatever, I was talking to a girlfriend who was talking about it and I used to work for Tom Girardi. And so for anyone who watches The Real Housewives, you'll know that Tom's wife, Erica, is one of the housewives. And so... I worked there for several years while I was in law school and after law school. And so people mention Erica all the time and I never watched the show while she was on. And so I was just curious, like I was curious to see Tom and I was curious to see Erica on the show. Anyway, that's been my guilty pleasure for the last few weeks. So I went back a few seasons. So I'm watching season, I don't know, six, which is set in like, I don't know, 2015, 2016, 2014, something like that. The mid 20 teens, we'll say. And on the show, there's two women. One of them is named Lisa Vanderpump. And full disclosure, Lisa's my favorite. So if you hate her, if you think she's the villain, understand that like, I love a good villain. (laughs) I don't care if she's the villain. I think she's fab and I, I quite enjoy her. And then there's Eileen. Okay. And so Obviously, I'm going to be a little biased. I'm going to give my perspective on this, but the point that I'm going to make is going to be relevant even if you hate the characters that I love and you love the characters that I hate. Also, as always, when I'm talking about reality TV, I do not know these people personally, other than Tom and Erica, who actually do know personally, but Eileen and Lisa, I do not know. And so I am purely talking about them as characters on a show. And any opinion that I give is not necessarily based on who they truly are as people, but what we see represented on reality TV. Okay. So there's my little caveat. LVP, Lisa Vanderpump, I think is fab. She's British. She's just like so rich and so fancy and sort of unapologetic. And I just think she's really funny. And then Eileen is an actress. She's in The Young and the Restless. And I just think she's really basic. She just is like very 90s basic to me. And I just think she's really boring. Lisa and Eileen are at a dinner party. And Eileen's been married for many, many years, 15, 20 years. And Lisa is speaking to Eileen and, you know, in an effort to get to know her more and understand her more, she's asking her about her marriage. And Eileen 
is married to a man who was married at the time they met. Eileen was also married. So when she got involved with her husband, there was an affair. And Lisa is asking about, you know, the beginning of the relationship. And she says, oh, is that when the affair started? And Eileen is really uncomfortable and she's really irritated that Lisa's asking her all these questions. And it's just very funny to watch because Lisa's just asking questions. She's just asking, asking, asking. And Eileen is so offended by this line of questioning. And she never says like, oh, I don't want to talk about that or like you're being kind of rude or anything. She's just uncomfortable. As the viewer, you can see that she's kind of uncomfortable, um, but she's still answering the questions. Anyway, the dinner party ends. And then several days later, Eileen goes to Lisa and she says, I was really bothered by that line of questioning. I thought it was really rude and I was clearly very uncomfortable. And Lisa is like, well, I'm really sorry if I was asking too many questions about your life. She's like taking it lightly, obviously. She's laughing a little bit. I don't know if it's just nervous laughter or laughter at like, this is a ridiculous conversation we're having. But Lisa is obviously not getting what Eileen is saying. Now, here's what I observed from the situation. Oh, and so this becomes a whole storyline. This is like their whole thing for the rest of the season is that Lisa was dismissive about asking about the affair and Eileen was very offended. And this becomes like an ongoing thing. And Eileen just very much desperately wants an apology because she feels that Lisa disrespected her, that Lisa was being disrespectful by saying, is that when the affair started? Here's what I took. I took it as Lisa didn't really have judgment about Eileen having an affair. Eileen had an affair. Like, that's the truth of it. Eileen had an affair. She was married. He was married. And they got together. That's an affair. I don't think Lisa cares that she had an affair. I think Eileen has shame or embarrassment about the fact that she started her relationship through an affair. I think she feels bad about it. She feels like I did something wrong. And the use of the word affair obviously triggers her. It brings up something in her. I don't think Lisa is triggered by the word affair. And I don't think she understands why Eileen is triggered by it. Now, maybe she is an evil mastermind and she is purposely trying to make this woman uncomfortable. But this is the thing about triggers. Our triggers are personal for us. The things that trigger us, the things that bother us are based on what we are feeling, what we are experiencing internally. And other people do not necessarily understand them. They do not per se have a way of understanding. This is going to be very sensitive to her. So there are certain things that are sensitive to anyone. Certain people have things that are very sensitive to them, and they would not be sensitive to another person. So for Lisa, an affair is not a sensitive topic. I don't think she has particular judgment around Eileen having an affair. I think she's saying, you're married for 15, 20 years. I don't really care how the relationship started. Eileen is feeling this is embarrassing. I've been married for 15, 20 years. Why is she bringing up the fact that it started with an affair? But it's like, I have nice skin. 
if someone commented on my skin now, it wouldn't trigger me because I know I have nice skin. It's very clear. It's very glowy. It's very, very rare for me to get breakouts. Even during my pregnancy, my skin was pretty good. A little drier than usual, but like my skin is pretty good. If someone made a comment about skin or made a suggestion to my skincare regimen or said, oh, you know, if you drink lemon water, your skin will really glow or, oh, you should try having green juice. That might really help your skin. Or, you know, do you use a retinol? Maybe you should use a retinol. Someone could say something like that to me and I'd be like, oh, interesting. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. Lemon juice. Yeah. Why not? Retinol. Actually, I I don't use a retinol. I'll use a retinol. Great suggestion. Thank you. And it wouldn't mean anything to me. And if the person was saying it with sort of a neutral intention, I would take it with a neutral intention. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm like, yeah, my skin's great. You have a suggestion? I'm open to it. Now, my only caveat is if you know anything about human design, I am a manifester. I don't really like being told what to do in general. So (laughs) that's going to be hit or miss depending on my mood. But like, you get what I'm saying. Okay. You get what I'm saying. Someone can talk to me about skincare. They can say, do you wear sunscreen? Do you use a retinol? Do you drink lemon juice? What do you do for your skin? And none of that would bother me. However, there are people who have huge struggles with their skin. Where every day they think about their skin. They get breakouts or their skin is extremely dry or their skin is aging prematurely. And their skin is a very sensitive topic. And someone could turn to me and say, hey, do you use a retinol? And I could say, yeah, uh, just started. I like it so far. And they could turn to this other person who's very sensitive about this and say, hey, do you use a retinol? And they could say, why are you asking me that? I've tried everything. I can't use a retinol because then when I go in the sun, my skin cracks. Is that what you're like? I don't understand why you're making this suggestion. And you're like, whoa, whoa, I'm just very interested in retinols. I'm, I'm selling a retinol. So I want to talk about it with everybody. And you're like, where is all this energy coming from? It's because a sensitive point has been tapped on within that person. So with me, there's no energy around it. It's a neutral subject to me. But for that person, it's a sensitive subject. So it's a very interesting thing as we're talking to people, as we're navigating things, understanding different things trigger different people. So for Lisa, an affair is not a trigger. She may also just not have judgments about affairs. She may think that like, I don't really care how a relationship starts. It doesn't mean anything to me. Or she's thinking about the fact that their relationship is so long. So whatever relationship came before wasn't as significant or whatever it is. For Eileen, it's obviously a trigger. You know, another example would be, I have a baby now. My baby was born in December. But there was a time where I really wanted a baby. And I was not getting pregnant. And if someone had brought up a baby at that point, or if someone shared with me that they were pregnant, it could be very sensitive for me. Someone could make a suggestion that's meant totally benignly. So actually, I have an example of this. During Kobe's birthday in 2020, we were out with friends and everyone was sort of making toast to Kobe, saying, you know, what an amazing man he is, and he is, and talking about what an amazing father he would be. And they were saying this from this totally neutral and actually not even neutral, very loving, kind, caring perspective of 
we see this man, we know that he'll be a great father. He's so giving. He's so generous. He's so kind. He's so protective. Like, he's going to be a great father. But I, in my very sensitive state, was so hurt by this. I was crying in the bathroom, sobbing. I was hysterical. It's not because they did something wrong. It's because they touched on something that was sensitive for me. I was triggered. The intent was neutral or or kind, but because there was something that I wanted that I felt like was out of reach for me, I couldn't have, I wasn't getting, it wasn't coming in at the timeline that I really wanted, it hurt me. And they wouldn't have been able to understand that if I had come back out there and said, how dare you? How dare you selfish, horrible, evil monsters say those things, right? Like, that's how I felt. I felt like, why are they doing this to me? Why are they embarrassing me like this? Why are they pointing out my insufficiency, this place where I'm failing? That's not what they were doing at all, okay? So why am I talking about all this? You know, Eileen and Lisa Vanderpump and these other examples that I'm giving, it's showing examples of how we get very caught in our own way of thinking. Our way of thinking becomes everything to us and we cannot see outside of it. And the way that we think is going to create the way that we feel. That's our energy. And the way that we feel is going to create our actions and the way that we act is going to create our results. So the problem with most of the love advice out there is that it's telling you just how to act. What I like to help my clients is help my clients do and understand is how to think, how to change their thinking, how to take things back down to neutral. When we want something, we get very stuck in our own perspective and we cannot see things differently. And when we cannot see things differently, it's very hard for us to create a different result. So with Lisa and Eileen, they were not able to see eye to eye. They created this, they reached a standstill. There was no movement. There was no movement because neither could see things from the other's perspective. There was no way for them to see things differently. And Eileen created this situation where she was just set up to be hurt from this woman over and over again because the thing that she was thinking was she wants to embarrass me. She wants to shame me. She wants to make me feel bad. So the way that she felt was on guard and nervous and overly sensitive and on edge around her. And so everything about their dynamic and their interactions was created from that space. So we do the same things to ourselves, we get ourselves stuck because our thoughts, which are leading to our feelings, which are leading to our actions, which are leading to our results, are keeping us in one place. Our thoughts are telling us, I'm not going to have what I want. I don't know what I'm doing. I cannot trust myself. And so then we feel insecure. We feel on edge. We feel confused. And we get stuck. Our actions are nothing. We don't do anything. And then we get the same thing. Our results are exactly the same. Nothing ever changes. And then when we try to follow this very shallow advice, when we try to follow these tactics and strategies, it's like we're trying to just take a different action. 
We're saying, I know the result that I want, so I'm just going to try to change the actions, but I'm not going to change my thoughts or feelings. But when you just try to change the action, you try to force your way through it, when you're trying to effort your way into a different situation, a different experience, it's not sustainable because it's not coming from the right place. It doesn't have the energy behind it that it needs for it to actually create a shift in your life. You're not able to stick with it to really create the lasting result that you want. You want to change your actions because there's already been this shift in your energy, your thoughts, and your feelings. So that's what we need to do instead. And that's really what I help my clients do is shift their thoughts and their feelings first. Anyone who works with me knows that I never start with the actions. We never start with like, here's what to do. Here's what to say. Here's how to change your profile. That's never what we start with. You want to create that foundation first where you can really trust yourself, where you know how to think differently, where you're able to take whatever experiences you're having down to neutral so that you can create what you want so you can get clear on the outcomes that you want. And then you can line up the energy so that you can actually create that. That's what I like to help my clients do. So the only reason that you're really stuck is because you're believing that you're stuck. You're believing that you're stuck and you're doing actions that are just leading to more feelings of stuckness rather than shifting from the place where you actually need to shift, which is your thoughts and your feelings. We're often looking for advice that tells us what to do, but what we really need to change is how we're being. So if you can shift the way that you're being, the way that you're thinking, the way that you're feeling your energy, it's going to be easy for you to manifest. You're going to be able to manifest whatever you desire. And it's like a year from now, your life could be totally different in the best possible way. You could be in the most happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship you've ever experienced. You could be married to or living with or happily coupled up with the love of your life. That's what I believe. But you have to be willing to make that shift first. You have to be willing to do something differently, to see something differently. So I want to talk about a way that I can help you. If this is something that you desire, if you want to create that happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship, if you want to see things differently, if you want to trust yourself, if you want to date as a true, irresistible, high-value woman, if you want to magnetize amazing, amazing, amazing men, I can help you do that. This is the work that I do, and I am brilliant at it, if I do say so myself. And I love teaching. I love being on the podcast and sharing free content with you and helping you understand things and you know, giving you new ideas and new perspectives and new ways to think about things. But coaching takes it to a different level. And so this program that I am going to tell you about is called Extraordinary Love. So if you have no interest in hearing about that, then you can stop here. But if you're really serious about making this shift in your life, about prioritizing your love life, then I want to tell you about Extraordinary Love. Extraordinary Love is my high-level mastermind coaching program. And the way that it works is that we are going to work together on a very intimate, high-level basis so that you can change your life. And I'm really excited about the way that I'm running this program for this particular round because I have actually lengthened the amount of time that I'm going to work with people. One of the things that is awesome about my work is that for my clients, I get a lot of really amazing results and often the results happen really fast. And I love that. Like who doesn't love that? But here's what I believe. The longer that my clients work with me and the longer that you are in my energy, the better your life will be. And the reason why is because of everything that I've spoken about in this episode. You can think 
totally differently. You can see your whole world, your whole life totally differently. And the longer you're in my energy and you're around my perspectives, the more that you'll take that on. And it's really powerful because not a lot of people think about love and about men and about dating the way that I do. And for you to be around that and for you to experience that at a deeper level, it's going to awaken an ability within you that you just didn't even know was there. And that's the thing about manifesting love is that it's not like you are getting something that you don't have. The ability to manifest love already exists within you. I am not, unfortunately, able to just like give you something. I'm not just like giving you this ability. The ability is already there. It already exists within you. What I help my clients do is tap into it much more easily. But it's kind of like riding a bike. When you learn how to ride a bike, your mom or your dad or your older sibling or grandparent or whoever it is that teaches you how to ride a bike, they are not giving you the ability. The ability is already within you. They are bringing your awareness to that ability that already exists. And that's the same thing that I'm doing, but with love. I am bringing your awareness to an ability that already exists. And so here's what's really cool about that. You're going to get really good at it. And it's going to be really easy for you. And it's going to make it so that you know that regardless of your circumstances, you can always manifest more of what you desire. You can always get more love. Here's why this is so powerful. I want you to have whatever kind of relationship you want. So if you want that one happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship that lasts for the rest of your life, then I want you to have that. If you want a relationship that lasts a few years, but you're not quite ready to get married and you're hoping that you meet someone later, then I want you to have that. If you don't ever want to get married and you want to live with someone, if you don't ever want to live with someone and you want to have a committed partner who lives a few miles away, whatever it is, I want you to have whatever relationship you desire to have. But when you are confident in your own ability to manifest amazing, amazing men into your experience, then all of the charge and the intensity around any individual relationship can go away. You can release your neediness. You can release the energy that repels the things that you desire. It makes it very easy for them to come into your experience and stay in your experience. When you know I can call in incredible relationships, incredible men whenever I want, it's much easier to hold on to an amazing relationship. Because the neediness that is so repellent isn't present. So that's on the one hand, you're not going to repel it. But on the other hand, you know, even if something doesn't work out for whatever reason, I'm going to be okay and I'll call in more love. And that's powerful. It's really powerful and it's really magnetic. And it just makes love and relationships and dating so much more fun. So much more fun and so much more easy and so much more inspiring and so much more enlivening and fulfilling and satisfying and passionate and sexy and like all of the things that we want. That is magic. It's amazing. That's what I want to help you create. And that's what this program is going to do. My belief is that extraordinary women get to have extraordinary love, but you have to create it. If you want it and you don't have it yet, there is a reason. But whatever the reason is, we can clear it, we can release it, and we can call it in. And that's what I want to help you do. So I am currently enrolling this program. It is going to be a very small group of women 
It's going to be high touch. It's intimate. And it's really for women who have things sorted out in the other areas of their life. And they're really, really serious about prioritizing their love life. It is a five-figure investment and it's going to be life-changing. The program is nine months and you are going to have a high-level support every step of the way. So I'm really excited about this program. And if what I'm saying to you is resonating, if this sounds like something you might be interested in, if you know, oh, if you know you want your person, you want to have that amazing relationship, you want to have that person you can come home to at the end of the day and just melt into his arms and just know that you're home just by being with him, that person who just makes you laugh and who you feel so at peace with, so in love with, so happy with. If that's what you want, I want to help you create that. So if that sounds good to you, if that sounds like something you want, then let's chat about it. I am available via DM. So this is something you're interested in. Send me a DM over on Instagram. Okay. And what I'll do is I'll send you some information. And if you're like, this information sounds good. I know I'm ready to go. Then you'll sign up and we'll get you started. If you read the information, you're like, I think I really want this, but I'm not 100% sure. I have some questions, Crystal. You have two options there. You can DM with me and I can send you some voice notes over on Messenger and we can get you all sorted or we can set up a call. If you're like, I think I want to do this, but I am scared. I've never invested in myself in this way. I need a little bit of handholding. That's no problem. We will set up a call and we can talk about it and make sure it's really the perfect thing for you. And I'm happy to hold you through that. So, that's where we are. It's going to be an incredible program. And I'm just very, very excited. It's going to be amazing. So let me know if you're interested and we will discuss. So that's Extraordinary Love. This was a fun episode. Definitely a lot longer than I had expected, but you know what? Gotta let the message be the message. So here we are. I hope that it really served you well. I am excited to welcome some of you amazing women into Extraordinary Love. And over the upcoming months, I'll talk about the other programs that I have available for those of you that Extraordinary Love is not a fit for. But for some of you, this is really going to be the perfect thing. This is going to be, this is my highest level offering. So if you want that one-on-one time with me, if you want that high level intimate container, then this is it. This is for you. So that's all I have for you today. I love you all. Thank you for joining me. And I will speak to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. 